Welcome to Dark Days Radio presents Dark Hammer, a Worlds of Warhammer podcast. I am one of your regular hosts, Chris, and as always, I am joined by David. Hello. Hello. And uh, we are looking at, for this episode, we are looking at the mortal realms and the denizen of, denizens of the mortal realms, in particular, the elves and uh, their origins, their gods, and how they really messed up the mortal realms. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's all their fault. Is is basically what we're going to come to conclusions of here. Um. Yes, uh, it's very much again um, a case of where the hubris and folly of the elves uh, causes the mortal realms uh, many of its calamities, just as they did in the world that was. But before we get started in that. Um, some updates uh obviously uh you know you can catch up with the enemy within campaign that david's been running for us uh so we've, we'll be up to like part four I, i've forgotten what part we're on now but um something anyway it's running uh, it's fun uh and uh so that's good that's on gehenna gaming's youtube uh, we've got we had dragon meat at the weekend, so I've not put this on there because I've completely forgot about yes. that. Yes, so yeah, we had dragon meat. I ran a game of Soulbound that is actually now on our YouTube, Darker Days YouTube. Yes, um, you ran a panel. Yeah, uh, how to get started in the Warhammer RPGs in an hour. It was a tight schedule. We had uh, Elaine from Cubicle Seven. We had Crystal as well, because she's kind of a newbie to the settings and the games in that sense. So it was good to have her perspective. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it went pretty well. We're waiting, I'm waiting to see when it's available. So once we know it's available, uh, the recording of it, because we're not in charge of that, uh, we'll make it available. Uh, other cool stuff coming up uh, for Games Workshop stuff. Uh, Warcry, we've got each Grand Alliance will have a book which basically has all the cards in it, some more uh, campaign play, new heroes like Slanesh is getting a whole batch of new stuff um, in that book You can now take multiple leaders as well um, and can you, yeah. you can cross alliances um, so you don't have to stick with one force um, I don't know the full rules on that yet but you can actually combine um, order groups now so you don't That's have to fun. one army which is kind of cool yeah because i kind of need to at some point i will eventually buy three of the books um because chaos i've got plenty of chaos warbands order because i've got plenty of order warbands yep. and um and of course uh uh undead because yes. i've got night haunts uh and yeah, actually I've got... night haunts and legions of nagash yeah i'll probably end up getting all of them because uh the, actually, the only one I don't, I don't actually have any Chaos Warbands, I've just realised, but that will probably happen at some point. Um, yeah. So, I've got a, I've got a Gits Warband um, without any goblins, without any not goblins, um, squigs. Squigs. So that was um, different. Yeah, speaking of Warbands, obviously the Warbands that are in uh, Warcry Catacombs are available in, uh, separately now. Yep. Um, or they will be, um, and the warbands, they've got some new warbands to get started with. I think the most appealing one is the Sylvaneth one. Yes. So you get some uh, Kurnoth Hunters, Yep. and you get some, what are they called? Wayfinders? Uh, Revenants. 
Revenants, yeah. I I'm considering it. I do like those miniatures and yeah, enough to enough building one at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so. right. What else is there? Um Necromunda has uh Vansar book coming out soon and Vansar models. Um, I'm dead excited for that because we have. There's been a little sneaky reveal on the Games Workshop website about the oh. fact that the Vansar have a fully operational STC. That's yeah, but they, the, 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 also the, the the image that they released of the the house of not the house the guild that they work with as well. Um, um, I think it's actually a noble house. It's House Ca uh, Catalyst. Yeah, Catalyst. they just look. I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember now, but they look they're very Venetian looking. Yeah. I like it. Um, <laughs> that's really exciting. Um, I think every release for Necromunda is always really uh, quite illuminating on an area of the 40k universe that you don't see. I mean, the Vansar one, you're getting more and more into the fact of like there is technology out there which yeah. is not that is human, but is definitely not Adeptus Mechanicus, and that's yeah. cool. Um, don't tell the Adeptus Mechanicus no uh, obviously um, there's some more stuff coming out for 40k um, you know there's new boxes start collecting that's all good with the new edition and obviously new codexes coming out every so often there has um, also it's literally just come out in the last half an hour on Twitter mm -hmm. um, we might cut this from there but We'll see how you feel about it. Someone has just received a... They, they ordered Bugmanson, the Christmas edition yeah. model. And he wasn't in there. It was an unreleased Orc model. Oh, curious. Um, which is based off the 1998 game, uh, Games Day or uh, Gorkamorka Orc. Hmm. So there are rumours flying around of Gorkamorka at the moment. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, Doubt it. It's probably going to be a special model, but ooh, um, yeah. It literally came up on Twitter about half an hour ago. Ah, uh, it's mostly a mistake with packaging because obviously it's a, it's a packaging mistake. But it should never have happened because it's a different line, completely different orcs line. Are, orcs are coming up soon anyway. I'm sure for 40k, yeah. which is why it mostly new, new make book. it in there. Um. And, you know, I know it's a different line, but, you know, the sprues sizes for these characters are rather standardized now, and the yeah. boxes they're going are standardized, so you can see where it mostly got in. Yeah. Uh, Underworlds, uh, oh my god, more Slanesh stuff. We're going to get yeah. Slan, and that's also, that relates to Warcry, we're going to get Slangors, finally, in miniature. About time, too. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's dead exciting because we can mostly use that kind of concept and imagery, and it'd be really cool to port slang, you know, to to take the look of slangors and put them back in the world that was. Yep. Because we we've got because that we you know in we never had miniatures for them, but they were always spoken about is each of the 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 the, the beastman types if they're a lot if they were aligned to one of the Chaos Gods. So Zangors and Slangors and mm. um, uh, Pestagors. Pestagors you know, were a classic, actually. Um, and uh, and uh, what are the Cornate ones called? Bloodgors? Something like that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it'll be something like, that. something like that. But yeah, it'll be really cool. 
Um, and Underworlds is cool then for that. I've never played Underworlds. I'd be interested at some point, maybe dabbling as it's a beer and pretzels type game, to, for my opinion. Uh, I, 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 I have dabbled. Um, it's all right. But um, for me, it suffers from the fact that it's effectively Games Workshop's version of X-Wing, where you need yeah, all the yeah, cards sure. to play it. I'm thinking... I'm thinking getting it so it's self-contained. You just have what's in the box, and then oh, with like the whatever it is, beast, beast grave, or the new one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that getting the new one where you've got the Slanesh and the Lumineth in there um, would work quite well. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then obviously the other big release was uh, Broken Realms Marathi, which is yes. kind of the point of this. It's kind of what led us to this. Um, episode, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the other thing there are going to be spoilers. So if you've not read the yeah. book and you want to know and you don't want to know about what happens, uh, don't listen to this episode until you've read the book. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, what dropped was the a gameplay uh, teaser to um, what's the what was that forty k game? What's the forty k game? Something, wasn't it? I'm not. I've not seen the video yet. Give us a sec. I'll just... uh, Dark Tide, Dark which is a bit Tide. like Ver it's basically Vermintide, but you know, forty k. It's really cool. It looks like basically a Wrath and Glory type, you know, warband cadre uh, killing Chaos Cultists, which I can totally get behind. So that's yeah, fun. it is. It's it's forty k Vermintide. Um, they've just reskinned the game by the look of it for forty k. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. That's cool. Um, otherwise, I've not been doing any other hobby other than tidying up my tidying up a lot. Um, Wrath and Glory Core Book is, is shipping. People are getting it now. Um, it's arriving. Uh, we've had other cool releases. Uh, just today, uh, we've got the um, the Christmas Spirit of Mon Spirit of Monstil, which is a yeah, as you say, Christmas uh, scenario from Cubicle Seven. Uh, we've had the Middenheim book come out. We've got uh, Relics of the Empire. Yep. Uh, uh, mini adventures. There's an advent adventures in the Empire or whatever it's called. The oh, one, one shots. One shots one in shots. the Reichland and whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a it's ton. Fun. Basically, there's a ton of Warhammer stuff that just like has arrived before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and they've got a crap ton more coming as well. If you paid any attention to what they were doing over Dragon Meat. There's so yes. much stuff on the way. And for 40k, and oh, for soul. Soulbound. And for Soulbound, we're going to get K-Night Shadowstalkers, which I oh. it's going to be interesting when you see it, because I want to see how close I got with my homebrew of just using what's in the, get, in the core book to replicate the gameplay style, which yeah. I think was more than likely quite close. But I think having an archetype that already just gives you all those things straight off, yeah. it'll be cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, in in the game, we didn't get to use the powers well shame. enough. The, the the tree and the angry dwarf um, decided yeah, they wanted to hit everything. Yeah. So, the elf um, didn't do much. And with that, the only other thing to say is that's kind of role play ish related. Is I've been playing a bit of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and it's awesome because <laughs> it's um, out, yeah. Uh, it, it's a very cool roleplay game. Uh, I got it on Google Stadia, which apparently is right now the most stable place to play it. <laughs> Does Google have the money? Yeah. Uh, it's just because you're not having to deal with brand new hardware and 
everyone's own version of a computer of a PC. It's running on Google's cloud service. So it's a standardized thing. You didn't have to download anything. You didn't have to download packages. You just it came midnight, turned it on, played it. Ooh, which there. Was crazy. Um, and it's not like we really own games in this day and age because even if you buy it on disc, buy a game on disc and you play it on whichever console or PC, what's the first thing that generally happens? Download. Day one, day one patch comes yeah. comes down a big fat line and it's on your computer. And, you know, people go, well, it's, it's on your computer, it's yours. Yeah, but a lot of these games you see, you actually have to be connected to the internet to say you can play. So... Yeah, whatever. I'm the, getting a free Chromecast. Yeah, the size of them now, the size of modern games, you can't <laughs> fit them on a on a Fucking disc. Insane. Even Blu-rays, they're insanely large. You have to download them. But anyway, the only, that, re- that's- the only reason I mention it is because obviously it's an RPG computer game, and it's a very rare that I play an RPG computer game. Uh, and I think it's just simply because uh, I think there's elements of it which I can, I'm going to mostly have help inform me. Like running underhive type games for forty k. Anyway, it also let's... a copy of Cyberpunk twenty twenty. Uh... It did come. My one came with uh, a pre order. Even on Stadia, it came with a cop- PDF copy of Cyberpunk twenty twenty, and cool. the sound, the score, uh, which, which is, is even better because that score is amazing. And because I pre ordered on Stadia, I get a cop. I get a. I get a Stadia controller. So I get another gamepad, basically, uh, a very modern one, which is nice. And I get a Chromecast Ultra um, f- and all of that for free. So I pay like 45 quid and I get like 90 quid stuff of stuff gear for free. It's nuts. It's insane. Yeah. And that offer is going on until the 18th of this month. So by the time that you hear this, it'll be gone. So tough shit. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, let's go on to the main topic. Elves. Yeah. So, uh... so... <laughs> elves. Elves, elves. Elves are nice people, honest. Uh, yeah. Okay, shall I go through the origins bit, and then you can mostly then get us up to date with, like, Mortal Realms and the Marathi-ness, because you've read that book. You have that book. Yeah, I have the, I have, uh, the Deepkin book, I have the Marathi book, I have the Daughters of Cain book, I have Cities of Sigma. I don't have the Lumineth book, so... Yeah, uh, but a lot of this stuff is on wikis right now, yeah. and yeah, it'll they'll mostly be a wonderful book that Soul uh, they'll do for Soulbound, which will yes. capture some of this. Yeah, but yeah, let's let's talk about how elves cocked up the world. Yeah, and, so and way back when, well. way back when, back in the old world, uh, the elves had already screwed up a lot of stuff in their their war against chaos. I mean, Anarian drew um, the... Uh, what the fuck is the name of that blade? Um, uh, I can't think of it. We covered it on our introduction about elves. But he he, he, um, he, he, he used the Sword of Cain, which um, obviously set in motion a lot of things. Uh, he had a son, Mala- uh, you know, who uh, who became Malekith, and that sets in a lot of things in motion for where we are now. Uh, and of course, um, uh, you know, Malekith was born to uh, was born to Marathi, which obviously, you know, 
is still about. But the point is, is that at the end of the old world, uh, Slanesh devoured the souls of elves. Again, this comes back to the whole thing that elves have very strong passions that they have to keep in check. So Slanesh basically had a fucking field day. Uh, and devouring. this might to bite them in the ass at any point in this story. Yeah. Um, and the last ones we be eaten were those who worshipped Mathlan. Is there a particular reason for that? Why they were eaten last, or was it just because they're gods? Uh, no, because they they, um, they formed uh, undersea enclaves, and so oh. they, they managed to hide from Slanesh. And then in the end, towards the end of the end times, the oceans were drained, and they were the last elves found, which is why they were the last cool. eaten. Um, and it's actually kind of a point as to where it all, uh, an actual story point as to where we're going with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's happened. And obviously the mortal realms form. And within the mortal realms, certain great heroes who were bound with the powers of the, uh, of, of the winds of magic were essentially born, uh, reborn as gods into the mortal realms. So they reformed. We have Teclas and Tyrion. Uh, we have sort of Alarial is sort of an elven god, but obviously she, you know, she uses the souls uh, that she's gathered, um, that she brought with her because they didn't get devoured. They kind of made a portal uh, away from yeah. the old she, world. She took she she took the tree tree spirits and the dryads um, through, yeah, and kind of left left the elves to be. And has kind of gone to nature. So she's still, yeah. she herself is technically elvish, but she's much more. Um, Though, now. I'm sure we'll see some elf miniatures which will join her kind of alliance because we've already seen some of those in Beastgrave. Yeah. Because um, they're kind of weird. The things with, are changing. So. They're kind of like elves with like, um, like the very fawn pan like yeah. yeah that's kind of cool i really like them um yeah. anyway uh really and obviously malachith comes back as malarian uh marathi is eaten by slanesh but by the fact that she's just a vile person uh is a bit too much for his uh for hit for for slanesh's diet and is vomited back out into the mortal realms Mm -hmm. distinctly changed by that experience and is essentially kind of a demigod while yes. all the other others become gods themselves she is stuck in between and she helps the others uh you know they form the pantheon with with sigmar and the the duarding gods uh and nagash uh they also work together though it's actually the f it's actually the fault of the lumineth that chaos comes into the chaos comes into the mortal realms which is why uh the realm that the lumineth are in haish is kind of fractured and broken in the way it is yep um but that's that's we'll we'll leave them to we'll get to that we'll later because that, that kind of happens after the binding of slanesh yeah but yeah, the main point is is that the elven gods and Marathi 
uh, find use the uh, the hidden gloaming, this place between the realm of shadow and the realm of light, uh, much like where Shade Spire is located. Yep. Um, <laughs> they they bind Slanesh there, and in doing so, have Slanesh hidden from the gods' followers, and then start pulling souls out of the belly of Slanesh, reclaiming the elven souls to re have them then remade, reborn, reshaped into the mortal realms. Uh, each takes a share of souls. Teclis takes a share and initially makes the uh, Scythi. Scythi. Scythi is how I yeah. said it, but C-Y-T-H-A-I. So... And they are, the, the, those are the souls of those that worshipped once uh, Mathlan. Uh, and they're obviously... Teclas and Tyrion are trying to emulate the, the society, the culture that they came from themselves, uh, but they kind of fail. The, the, these new elves are tainted by their experience of being in the belly of Slanesh. And so uh, they are withdrawn, resentful, uh, they split into factions, and Teclas fears they are too corrupt by their experience and tries to cleanse them. Uh, they then in turn flee. They flee into the deep oceans of the mortal realms, reflecting what they did uh, before they were taken from the old world. And while Tyrion pleaded for some leniency from his brother, it meant that the uh, the, the Scythi and uh, their, their um, were able to exist there and make more elves uh, and these form the Ideneth Deepkin. Uh, the problem being that uh, those children born to these initial elves were born, some were born, but with kind of fractured little soul, shriveled souls. Some were born without souls whatsoever and were basically withering away. And so it was, it, it basically came to their, to their, to their knowledge that the only way to survive was to, steal souls from other mortal races such as mm. humans such as duardin and other natural you know native inhabitants uh to um uh native inhabitants to the mortal realms yeah so um one with with this they they do every now and then very very rarely um a uh, a deepkin is born with a fully fully fleshed out soul and that's where we get our uh, characters, the characters that you can actually play with in Soulbound from, so the yeah. Athelian and the Sharans, these are true-born elves with souls. But most of the society is made up of what are called Namati, and these yeah. are soul, these are the Deepkin who are born with a with e either without a soul or a fractured soul, um, and they are filled up with um, stolen souls, and they are very much seen as lesser. Um, yeah. than, the, than the 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 kind of lord lordy ladies um, of the deep kin, they are seen as slaves. They they are lowest of the low, and they have a much shorter lifespan. Even when they are filled and they have, uh, their souls are replenished, um, they they still only live about a third of the length of time. So, um, yeah, they're a little bit bastardy. Uh, they hide themselves away. They don't like to be seen. So they'll go out, raid a village for souls, and then disappear. Someone will have disappeared for a day, maybe gone out into the into the fields to work, come back, and their entire village will be dead, um, and nobody will know why. Maybe it smells a bit of fish, um, but they did keep themselves hidden for a very, very long time. 
the only reason they kind of came back um, or kind of revealed themselves to the the other racers was because of the Necroquake and Nagash um, and his grand schemes. Nagash was aware that he was not... Obviously, he's aware that Sigmar is stealing souls to create his uh, Stormcast, um, but during the Necroquake, he and the... the um, uh, malign port- time of the malign portents, he noticed that other souls were going missing. Um, this led him to the discovery of the Deepkin, and then to save themselves, the Deepkin revealed themselves to uh, the other races. Um, so up until maybe until about the times of the malign portents, they were hidden um, from yeah. every race. Um, and that's so, uh, that's what this started with. Um, yeah. And like so, a lot of their magic is uh, revolves around hunting souls and yep. seeing them. And obviously, because they're they're water based, a lot of their magic is about manipulating water uh, and they exist within what they call the ether sea as well. So they yeah. breathe water. They don't live in water. They don't live on land. They live in this ether sea. So it's kind of magical substance of water. That they get to control, which is why you can see eels flying around in the sky. Yes. It's kind of weird. And other sea creatures that they use as weapons or, or or steeds. Mm. They're really cool. They're really weird. I think they they have a very elves meet vampires kind of feel to them. Very much so. Yeah. The Namati have no eyes. Um, so they see in other ways. They are very much a lord, lord it over dark soul kind of thing um very much similar to kind of your traditional gothic vampire i suppose yeah definitely um and i think the thing is they definitely fulfill part of the the mirror to the drakari in uh warhammer 40,000 yeah um, who also have the same sort of modus of uh modus uh, operandi of stealing souls to they to... they they, they... They steal souls also for the entertainment of stealing souls, the yeah. uh, Drakari, but... Um, but they're cool. I like them, and yeah. I need to buy some for my um, Daughters of Cain army as allies. I think the yeah. even the start collecting box would just make a really cool little ally box. Oh, yeah. I have I have a Deepkin army, and it's it's brilliant. The the Akelians on the Fangmora eels are absolutely brutal. I think they got updated, they were... didn't they, in the new book? Yep. Um, and they're not like traditionally. Um, elves are seen as a glass hammer. Uh, yeah. These guys really aren't. These are cool. not a glass hammer. These are very different to your traditional elf style of fighting. Speaking uh, of like glass hammers, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of glass hammers, Doctor Cain. So, okay, so Doctor Cain is. Uh, they are the elven souls shaped by Marathi. And you know, again, we've got the same problem here. They are touched by Slanesh, so there are going to be those elves who are naturally born and go and as women who are who are drawn to her temples. Joy, female uh, elves will join her temples. Uh, the male elves will mostly look, be looked upon as simply as just servants and meat to be used. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the other elves in the uh, in her faction, um, in her group, 
are the Melusi and the Canari. So basically, Gorgons, so ladies with snake bodies, uh, mm-hmm. and who can also turn people into stone. And the Canari are uh, essentially uh, ladies with bat wings and tails and uh, are essentially very savage um, hunters, winged murderers. Yeah. Uh, Marathi has a whole kind of nonsense that she uh, masquerades as, claiming that she's the High Oracle of Cain. But of course, we know Cain is already dead because Cain is a god of the old world. Uh, she possesses the Iron Heart of Cain. Yes, I think it's the, the Heart of Cain. So she still has something of him, uh, which gives her some power. Uh, she, you know. She just wants constant murder and sacrifice brought to her. But, you know, it's very different to Corn or Slanesh. It's very much about, it's a very, or, you know, her murder is orderly, like a, like, think Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter's a murderer, but he, he, he follows rules. He has a particular, um, he wants society, but in his way, much as Marathi wants society, but in her shape. And she is desperately trying to. Ob- obtain godhood uh she has two forms she has her uh more human form well i say human but humanoid form and then her glamour drops and you've got this thing which has got wings and uh you know bat wings and uh snakes for hair giant giant gorgon um with wings gorgon and that's important because that represents that imagery you also associate with Slanesh. So again, it shows how she's been tainted by Slanesh. Yeah, but the the um, the, the big snake um, version of her is kind of her anger. So when she loses control over herself because of this taintness, tainted, tainting by Slanesh, she just flips and turns into this big psycho murdery snake thing. And it's a yeah. kind of uh, an expression of her anger and her rage at not being able to get revenge on what happened to her and the taint of chaos within that kind of slightly touched her. And uh, yeah, so she's based in uh, the realm Ugu, the realm of shadows. Uh, Any weak souls that she finds, that she takes from Slana, she turns into slaves and they're generally male. Uh, Then the other thing that she is also doing is that she is setting up shop many temples across the mortal realms, including one in the city of Anvilgard. Uh, so there is generally a temple in every uh, free city of the mortal realms. Uh, her main temple is Hagnar, uh, which is this giant city-state uh, dedicated to murder. It's completely mad. Um, and uh, and she has been sending out her agents to find apparently shards of Cain or the blood of Cain in order to uh in order to finally obtain her godhood. Uh yeah, Daughters of Cain, glass hammer army, you know, lightly armored, completely murderous. Uh you'll have blood rack medusas, again, Gorgons, uh the whole imagery with them, they're just a wicked, wicked little army. I think they're kind of fun to play as characters. Not all Daughters of Cain, which elves are going to be aligned with um, with with uh, with Marathi as well. Some actually don't think she speaks for Cain. Yeah, um, we'll come into that kind of that that idea slightly later as well. Um, 
Um, you want to cover and, Luminous for us, unless there's anything else to say about Daughters of Cain? No, I think that's Daughters of Cain done, because there's going to be a lot more kind of discussion on that when we get into the Marathi storyline. Something that's also important to point out with these two factions I've now spoken about, um, we, we've got a more unique elven look now in mm. in the setting, because both factions, I feel, have very strong ancient Greek myth kind of looks to them with their armor yeah. and yeah. and the fact that we've got like gorgons and uh and harpies uh and likewise with um with uh you know we've got like that very kind of um odysseus and you know greek myth kind of sailors their kind of armor yeah. uh and monsters Even to some extent with the daughters of cain say they're a perverted idea of atlantis in a way uh, yes, because of a lot of the imagery is very, I find very similar to that kind of Atlantean look. If you kind of, I think, suppose, mashed Daughters of Cain and uh, the Deepkin together, you would end up with something like Atlantis, but with kind of like the darker aspects of of the the psyche coming out, rather than them being it being the perfect world. But it's the perfect world dedicated to murder. Yeah. Um, so. And with they've moved away from that with those two, they've moved away from that traditional high elf, dark elf imagery that we had in the the old world, the the old yeah. kind of traditional high fantasy look. Um, yeah, and I think that's actually a quick thing we should say as an aside. Like, it's there's not as much material really right now, but there is a bit more now. Um, mm -hmm. The the darkling covens in the free cities, uh, the corsairs. Uh, uh, they all kind of have the classic dark elf look simply because the miniatures are still there to use. Um, the wanderers, aligned... the old, um, uh, what do you call them? The wanderers are the wood elves yes. from the old edition. There's also, you've got some of the old high elves um, under the, I can't remember what they're actually kind of called. I can't uh, remember either, but basically you've got elves which yeah. are unaligned, kind of. Yeah, they they live in the cities. They they are kind of part of the the pantheon of Sigma, more than actually being belonging to a specific, I don't know, specific race or army. They're kind of the dwar the dwarden or the dwarves who live in these are called the dispossessed. Um, yes, because they don't belong specifically to anyone. So you can kind of relate the the Darkling Covens and that lot to the idea of being dispossessed by the major enclaves of of elves um but they yeah. are they are your more traditional kind of high fantasy ideas whereas now with age of sigma we're seeing games workshop are creating their own ip now with with the the races so um and the next one we're going to talk about lumineth realm lords again is a different take on elves um, yeah so uh, okay so do you want to start on this one um yeah um I literally read this about two hours ago, so <laughs> when I when I put these notes up, um, there's also some funny words in here that I will will absolutely butcher. Um, yeah, names of the gods. <laughs> but yeah, cool. If you want to start, and I'll interject as we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've got Tyrion and Teclas. Uh, you know, they they it's basically Teclas's second gig at <laughs> making an elven race that reflects their. Their culture. Um, we know how good he is at that. 
Yeah. And they do it in Haish. They found nine great nations because uh, Haish is like split into 12, quad, 12 sec sections of land, main bits of yeah, land. Yeah. Yeah. Some are given over to humans, some are given over to the dwarves, I think, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then there's a great circle of land around it, which is which is where chaos has crept in and it's a bit unstable. Um and yeah, you, you've got a group that is trying to find balance in their mind and body and spirit and balance with the earth, air, fire and water, which will come yeah. into this a lot. So that features a lot in their imagery is the ele the, the four elements. And Hish, just for those who aren't aware, Hish is the realm of light. So yeah. we're seeing kind of this more, I don't know, clean image, I think, is kind of what they were yeah. going for. And so... Teclas obviously went to Hish to to make them more in that bright, high, clean look than he managed to do with well his previous attempts. Sci-fi, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. So they're very much about balance, and I guess very. Um, uh, they haven't. I guess in their philosophy, they've got quite an element of. Um, uh, Taoist kind of teachings or Buddhist yeah, kind Buddhist, of teachings. Buddhist Taoist kind of. Yeah, zen, zen nature. Yeah, we see that in how the models look as well. That's very uh, much the modern part of yeah. Lumineth. That's not what they originally were when Tech no. created them. Because yeah, because um, they they too when they were first created had like you know obviously um, uh, you know raw powerful emotions that have been you know they've tried to keep in check. Now uh, they. They try to master all things. I guess they're kind of like cast like a bit like the Eldari. So they're a bit more like the Eldari than even the old High Elves used to be. Uh, they follow the teachings teachings of the Illuminous Masters and the teachings of Teclas. So the Teclamentari or the Teclian Ladder, where each rung is a stage of mastery of the mind and the soul. So, yeah, they're very much trying to climb to some enlightenment. Uh, they also mine uh, the realm stone uh, called Ether Quartz, which they use uh, to, to kind of like siphon away their passions. It's kind of to channel, channel their psyche and uh, channel their, their thoughts to yeah. the kind of greater wisdom that they're in a wisdom that they're looking for. Um, yeah. But it's also because it affects their psyche. Um, we all know that the elves are not very good at controlling their psyche. Um, it has an it had an intoxicating effect on them. So as this thing that they were using to try and make themselves better, um, well, it kind of it went the wrong way after a point. Yeah. So. So yes, they're they're ba um, basically out to kind of to uh, let themselves free of, of earthly desires and, and taints. Uh, you know, they, you know, they try and commune with the mountains. They've got uh, creatures, allies of theirs that are literally like living mountains in a sense, or at least the, the, the embodiment of the spirits of those mountains. So they commune with the spirits of the, the mountains, the rivers, etc. Yes, and then you know they've got apparently a kind of magical arms race as between themselves, creating more and more destructive weaponry and spells. Yeah, so and this kind of this 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 arms race is actually quite key to what happens. 
um, with the fact um, they're kind of trying to create this this greater inner peace within them and kind of get the go up that ladder and become greater, whether it's in the sciences, the arts, or philosophies and things. The Aether Courts becomes a very, very key point and trading point within this. Um, and so people start to form rivalries about who can get more of the, the Aether Courts. Uh, but because the Aether Courts is also becoming intoxicating in their psyche, um, the, the, these rivalries suddenly actually become quite obsessively dangerous. And so they start to try and outdo each other, not just in their trade, but in what they produce. And elves being elves and connected to magic, uh, they start to create spells. And these spells are obviously start, they start off quite nice and go, oh, look, I can make a pretty light. Uh, and then they end up creating some of the most destructive spells ever created within the realms. And some of them are powerful enough to rip apart reality. Uh, yeah. And this is the... where things go wrong. And this is the classic hubris of the elves where they think they're masters and they're really not. Because, as I say, they create spells which eventually tear reality asunder. And this yeah. is known as the Spirefall and is what opens up the mortal realms to allow in the taint of chaos for the first time. And of course, Slanesh comes in seeing tasty elven souls to, uh, to, to eat. Or at least the demons of Slanesh. Yeah, uh, Slanesh being, being elsewhere chained up. So that's how the Age of Chaos starts. Thanks, elves. Thanks again for really mucking it all up once more. Uh, what's this? Teclas then communes with the spirit of Hayesh's true moon, uh, Selenar, uh, Kelenar, sorry, and made a breakthrough. And this allows for a centralized body of thought to exist that orbited another spirit known as Elementor. So essentially is changing and manipulating the very spiritual fabric of, of the realm Hayesh. Uh, kind of more connecting themselves to it. Yeah. Um, so whereas before they used it and they un they 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 saw the spirits and the the powers of Hish, um, and actually kind of tried to use them. Now Teclis has spoken to the spirits themselves, and they're actually now trying to coexist together um, rather than just abuse each other as as they were doing before. So they, they, they start to, as we said earlier with the Buddhist thing, they're starting to take on that aspect of, of Buddhism uh, and meditative nature, um, yeah. actually working with things rather than using them. And that's really what leads them to uh, able to fight back against chaos because you've now got yeah. this new philosophy, this new type of magic, this new interaction with, with the very fabric of the mortal realms uh, you know, summoning, you know, essentially elemental spirits uh, and working with the land, not against it. And that is the Lumeth, really, in a nutshell. Uh, I'm yep. sure we'll learn a lot more about them uh, in as more, because so far, like the the models that we, we've got and, and uh, really represent just one aspect you know, yeah. they, they're representing the connection with Earth. We're still yet to see what fire, water, and air will bring. Uh, we get a touch of that with certain other models, but I think we've got a lot yet to see. I think, yeah, I think they're going to start expanding. And we're yet to see Tyrion as well. 
Yes. Um, Though we have got a cool character in the in the form of um Anarian? Anarian? What's his name? The Light of Anarian? Yeah. So he he's actually from the old world, the world that was. So he was a character in the old the world that was. Um, but his spirit was so strong that it came back. Um and yeah, he was like a great blind sword master, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, he was. He was like the the sword master, the blind. Cool. Sword He's come back as a as a basically a ghost that wears armor. Which um, is wicked. It's a really cool sculpt. Cool. Yeah. Right, and this brings us all the way forward Marathi. to um, Marathi. As a, before we bring into Marathi, um, we will find out more about the Realm Lords and Age of Sigmar Soulbound soon they're not yet in it but the i want to say it's forces of order i can't remember the name of the book um that's about to yeah come they're, they're going to appear in an expansion to soulbound soon so you can't yet play them but they will be there soon and the other thing is is that uh the recent book that came out for soulbound is actually a city guide to anvil guard a lot happens with Anvil Guard, and I believe we'll be getting some more Soulbound uh, adventure material that deals with the events that we're going to talk about now. Yes. So yes, now this 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 is where the spoiler warning does come in. So if you've not read the Marathi book, um, we are going to talk about what Marathi has done um, and things, um, and it does. So I think spoiler, spoiler alert. The spoiler alerts for material that's also in uh, Warcry Catacombs. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, Warcry Catacombs actually does relate to one of the things that happens in Marathi. It's kind it's of like a prequel. <laughs> it's it's a prequel, but it's also um, I would say um, what, there's actually one part of the Marathi book which is very much oh that is actually catacombs. Okay, yeah. Um, I kind of like that. Yeah. I like that it joined up. I like, I like how they're kind of intertwining all of it together because Underworlds as well. Some of the stuff in Underworlds is connecting to the overarching story that we're seeing in in Age of Sigmar. So they're actually now starting to, and I really like this. What they're doing with Age of Sigmar is they're creating a full on narrative with the with the game. Um, unlike when you ended up with, uh, to some extent, in the world that was in Warhammer Fantasy and. I still say you get this in 40k. A lot of people will argue with me, but I still find the storyline very static in 40k. They keep saying they're moving it on, but no, they're not. They're just bringing in another big bad and not really doing anything to actually say the the, the Imperium is fucked. But that's my own thing. That's my yeah. opinion. Uh, but what they're seeing quite clearly within Age of Sigma is it is very clearly progressing a storyline. Nagat it's very dynamic. Done yeah. some big shit. Marathi has just done something really cool and really big as well so um we will just have a quick dive into what marathi has done uh so marathi as as we said earlier she's kind of more of a, a, a demigod at the time um when she came to the mortal realms and she helped bind uh slanesh with her son and she wasn't particularly happy that her son was promoted to godhood ahead of her um, and she has always she she was very resentful over this fact, and she's basically her entire goal in life um, is to become a god. And so she starts off by um, basically supplanting herself in the seat of Cain, 
um, but not really letting her worshippers know that she is doing this. So she secretly, all all the worship of Cain that the the daughters of Cain are doing, all the sacrifices, all the blood magics, um, all that worship is actually being directed towards herself. This is giving her more power and more knowledge, and she starts to plan. Now Marathi is somewhat patient, shall we say, and a very, very good diplomat and very good at um, controlling the way that people do things. So with this, she is very capable of gaining certain things and forcing certain groups to do stuff. And so in her travels and her alliances with people, she discovers um, and hears about what is a substance known as Varanite. Um, and this is the realm stone of the Varan Spire, the realm of chaos. It is effectively pure chaos. Um, it's quite a, it's quite a different uh, realm stone to warp stone, yeah. which also exists. Warp stone is also a chaos tainted realm stone. This is like because this is like like molten, yeah. This molten, is like magma, yeah. molten rock kind of chaos. Yeah, oh, very few. Yeah, green rock. It, it's, it's a lot of it, it. It's like the most deadly substance in in all of the mortal realms for anybody to touch. Is it, even coming with near it will taint your body and turn you uh, into a chaos spawn if you're unaware. Um, very very few chaos champions wield things made of varanite because they can't contain the raw power that this stuff has. And so Marathi found Marathi heard of this stuff and she went. I can use that. Um, and so she, she decided to, rather than say, no, it's not chaos. No, it's got nothing to do with chaos. That's actually the blood of Cain. Um, we need to get that stuff. So she started to tell these stories and using her, her ways and her knowledge of how to kind of distract people. She managed to, to convince the daughters of Cain that, yeah, uh, we need to go and get this blood of Cain. We need to go get it back from chaos. It needs to come back to us. So we can actually have Cain, we can revive him and bring him back. Um, the other interesting thing is that the Varanite is being mined. And it's a, yeah. as you say, it's bloody hard to mine it uh, in this place called Varance's Moor. Is that also, I've read that the, the reason it's being mined is that the forces of chaos are like painting it onto the, re the, the, the great... Like, the right um, parkway, yeah. Yeah, the great realm arcway to the realm of heavens, to yep. Sigmar's realm, to try and break all the seals on it. And it's like, and Marathi in her planning goes, either I could let them do that, or I could, you know... Kill two birds with one stone. Convince Sigmar to send some soldiers with me to go and stop this while I go steal this Varanite. Yeah, It's like, what... <laughs> Yeah, she's so she's yeah. So she's she's not well trusted within the 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 pantheon of order. So shall we say? Um, but she manages to convince Sigmar to to form an alliance with her because of this threat coming through the Azurite gateway. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, so she forms this she forms this alliance, and uh, uh, um, Sigmar's a bit ur because he's having to deal with Nagash. But they do, they do send off a couple of, they, they send off three separate forces to attack through the Azerite gateway. 
uh, one main force that is going to attack Varanthax's more main kind of entry. There's another scout force that kind of scouts around and clears things and does stuff. Um, and then Marathi leads a small infiltration force actually into Varanthax's moor itself, into the mines underground to where they you, they find the streams of uh, Varanite. And this is kind of where we get that link to uh, Warcry Catacombs. Because um, if you look at the board, it's got Varanite throwing th- flowing through it. And the, the story in, in the book feels very catacomby. Uh, you're fighting in a closed, dark, hot um, underground mine. And yeah, so Marathi um, goes down there with a load of Stormcast. Um, she, the people that she takes down into the mines with her, can't remember the name of them, but they are her hand-picked um, sorceresses and, and uh, witches and things. They are absolutely deadly. Um, they are a new character for the Daughters of Cain. Um, and they know what she's up to. Um, she then casts a spell on the Stormcast, um, and they, they become frozen in place, so they can't actually fight the forces of Chaos who are attacking them. Um, and she uses her other kind of uh, shadow magic to spirit away her forces um, away from the, the main attack, and then uh, creates a hole in... Um, uh, the the mine underneath where the Varanite is, and this this it's not really a hole I should say it's a portal. This portal leads back to Hagnar, and the Varanite begins to drain away from the moor. Um, so she's basically she's sucking out this pure substance, this pure raw, unadulterated chaos, and she's uh, sending it to Hagnar, her her big uh, temple. To Cain in um, Ulgu, and then she mm. just abandons the Stormcast to their fate, and uh, they all die. And eventually, Sigma finds out about uh, this treachery, uh, but a little bit too late because he's got other things on his mind at the moment as well. But long in the planning as well. So not just as she looked for the blood of Cain, she was also wanting to get hold of something called the Ocarian Lantern. And this is a, uh, one of the powerful magic items Teclis used to draw forth the first souls from Slanesh. Um, and it kind of it was a light that guided them through Slanesh. Um, and it's actually a Deepkin object. So the Ideneth Deepkin have kept it within a very strongly fortified. No, it wasn't as strongly fortified. It was buried deep within a, an old museum, deep in a forgotten part of one of the um, what they called like trenches under sea. Because yeah. it, it it produces a lot of light, doesn't it? And they kind of yeah. don't like light as much, yeah. which again lends the whole thing that the Idolith are quite vampiric in nature. Um, mm. Yeah. So she um, she's managed to convince. Uh, she I think she gets a scout privateer. Um, to actually go and fetch this thing. I'm not quite sure how he does this. I'm not quite sure how he does I, I, Yeah, It's not really covered, but he manages to get hold of this thing and uh, gives it to Marathi. Obviously, the Deep can discover this, and they're a little bit pissed, um, to, say, to say the least. Um, it's like their most sacred object, and they, they feel that if Teclas gets hold of this, um, they, they are scared that he will use it to actually wipe them out. So they are pissed that it's gone missing, and they are not happy that Marathi has got it. And so the king um, of the Deepkin, 
um, the last Sith Eye around, um, forms the first ever alliance of all of the um, strongholds of the Deepkin. And they go off to attack Marathi in Hagnar. And so this kind of brings us up to kind of like the conclusion of the events um, in a way. Um, Marathi escapes the eight points and gets back to Hagnar and begins her ritual. Um, she calls forth um, all her servants and her sorcerers from around the realms, and they begin to sacrifice chaos lords of the different gods um, and pour their blood into the blood cauldrons that they have. And these blood cauldrons feed into the main blood cauldron in Hagnar. Now, that's not the only thing that's going in there. That Varanite, which is coming from um, the eight, eight points, is flowing into um, this, this cauldron as well. What this does is it opens up a gateway to Slanesh. Um, basically, she rips a hole through reality, through into the hidden gloaming, and she goes straight to Slanesh. And the, the, the chaos souls that he, she is pouring through this into him weaken him, and um, he gets ravenously hungry again. And she uses this hunger to actually get eaten again. Uh, she jumps into hmm. Slanesh. She thinks, I, didn't, I, I enjoyed it the last time. I was a bit annoyed that I got, I got spat out last time. I want to go back in again. And so she jumps back into Slanesh. But she has the Ocarian Lantern with her, uh, which actually lights her way. And she can see all the elven souls in there. And as soon as she is in there, her powerful magics protect her from Slanesh. And she starts to do what Slanesh did. She starts to eat the remaining elvish souls within Slanesh. And a number of these souls are like ancient you know, ancient heroes and sorcerers and so oh, forth from the from the old world. From the old world, yeah. Um, and so she starts to eat all of these, and um, one of these souls, the last soul that she's about to consume, um, is one of these ancient beings from the old world that sparks a long, distant memory in her. So she kind of feels a little bit of a connection to this soul. Does she eat her maybe. husband? <laughs> As if maybe there might have been some connection between them in a long forgotten past in the world that was. And so Mal the second before she, she eats this soul, stumbles. And so the soul fights back and, and breaks uh, in this moment of weak weakness. So yeah, she, she, yeah, she was trying to eat her husband, basically. Malarian's <laughs> going to be pissed. Um, yeah. But this, I think it's really cool, isn't it? Because she's eating all these ancient souls. She's kind of this weird reflection of Slanesh, kind of. Yeah. Um, and but then, she's using so, his belly as a crucible. Yeah. And then she still also has she the one thing that separates her from Slanesh and actually becoming Slanesh in a way, I think, is the fact that she runs across her husband or yeah. the father of Malarian. Um, and she, she kind of goes, oh, actually, hang on a minute. Feelings are a thing, and I'm not just here to, to, to do this. Um, but this is where things now start to get, go a little bit sideways, shall we say. So rather than she does manage to defeat the soul, um, it's not, well, it's not really said, actually, in the book. It doesn't say whether he's eaten or not. It just says in kind of in her moment of weakness, this soul mm. attacks her, and it splits her. Um, so the two, the dual aspect of her that we had before, 
where she herself would turn into this giant winged beast. They have now separated. Um, they are now two separate entities that exist together. That wasn't the only thing that happened, though. Something escapes and flies across the skies of Olgu. Um, and there was, at the same, as, um, this is what's happening to, in, in, in the Hidden Gloaming. At the same time, a Slaneshi force is actually attacking Hagnar. They see this thing fly across the sky. And they just abandon the attack on Hagnar and chase it. And that is all we know. Yeah. Mentioned, but something has happened. Escaped. Escaped. Um, The book, the the Marathi book, does not say that Slanesh has escaped. It still talks about Slanesh being bound. So I don't know. Something something weird is going on there. We'll we'll find out, I I expect, over the, the coming books of Broken Realms. But anyway, yeah, uh, the, cool. the, the Deepkin are still around. The Deepkin have actually attacked Hagnar as well. So Marathi returns to, to Ulgo, to Hagnar. Uh, her soul now split, but she is also stronger. She is now Marathi Cain. She has gained godhood. She has become the goddess that she always wanted to be. Um, she is now a living embodiment of god godliness in her murdery ways. And she has her wing snake form, uh, is separated and known as the Shadow Queen, basically a pet murdery monster. Um, but just as she walks out, uh, the king of the Edeneth Deepkin tries to attack her, and she just kind of laughs at him a little bit, going, ah, "No, don't do this. Look, the Ocarina lands in here; it's now dead. Teclas can't use it. But what I can do is, if you join me as an alliance, is we can go and beat up Teclas together." Um, and so. Um, Am I not also right in thinking that the lantern also captured some other souls again, which are related to the Deepkin? Uh, Oh, yes, yes. Um, So she caught some of the original souls, yes. And this is how he also, she forms the alliance. I didn't write this in there. Um, One of the souls she brings back, and using her new godly powers, she actually brings back a Sith eye. Jesus. because uh, the king of the Edeneth Deepkin, he is the last Sithai around. And so she brings back another one. And so he now has a friend. Brilliant. And so she has now, the Deepkin and the Daughters of Cain have now formed an alliance. And this to me is absolutely terrifying. Um, yeah. Murderous, soul stealing um, elves, which aren't chaos and aren't. Yeah. yeah. That's and so crazy. Marathi has cake. She has gained her godhood. Now, the Marathi book, so this is kind of the main point of the Marathi book. We get Marathi as a god. Marathi Cain becomes real. We then get a little bit of an extra story um, as to kind of what she does with this after she's formed her alliance, which has an effect on Anvilgard. Um, yay. Yay. Um, I can't remember. What's the name of the, 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 the hidden power in Anvilgard? Oh. Um... Black State? Something or other? There's, there's a, there, but yeah, I know what you mean. There's, there's meant to be someone that's manipulating the black scale coil. Black scale and, coil, yes. Um, and that suggested it's also Marathi. There is. It's, it's basically suggested as so Marathi, or um, the black scale coil are kind of a criminal organisation that effectively rule Anvilgar. Um, 
And at the same time, just after Marathi kind of gains her godhood, Anvilgard, the elves and the black scale coil start to behave oddly within Anvilgard. They start to, they become kind of almost like autonomous creatures. They lose all kind of soul and they, they go blanky, blanky eyed and just start walking around murdering people um, and effectively take over the city. Um, there is a small, for, a small um, resistance who lock themselves up within the city hall that I forget the name of, but they all have them, the council building, but by the by. Uh, and then Marathi comes along and basically takes control of Anvil Guard. Um, there's a lot more in the story over it, but... Um, yeah, Anvil Guard falls and An becomes Harkuron. <laughs> yeah, Harkuron is, is born. Um, but it is very it's much pretty secure. It's a pretty... Yeah. It's a pretty important place for her to also capture because it has yeah. four realm gates in the in the uh, in the vaults of uh, the Black Nexus, which is the stormkeep of the Anvils of Heldenhammer. So, uh, yes. plus plus the its location. Of are the big, big. They're the big boys. They are the real big boys in the Stormcast Eternal Arsenal. So, she... so yeah. I mean that's. I mean, and this is the thing uh, which is, I think, quite important for this, is that it also means that through her and the the new allies that she has, not all of them obviously do ally with her, but like the Darkling Covens, the uh, Scourge Privateers, um, and, the, and the Corsairs, uh, and the, the ones that hunt monsters, I uh, can't remember. You, you've basically got a good lot of old school what we would have called dark elf type mm. models and recognizably dark elves now formed under the banner of of uh marathi yeah we've basically got a classic dark elf army back <laughs> yeah. yeah she's basically created a classic dark dark elf there's even a black arc within the story um yeah within this and there's some very interesting hints mentioned about certain things within that black arc part of the story um, without actually having to read it again and going into detail on it. I can't remember what they are, but there are certain hints about other things, um, other great beasts and, 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 and other coolness that could happen within, within it. Um, but yeah, very much has a dark elf army, but not all of them, not all of yeah. the, the, the privateers or the darkling covers actually side with Marathi. Um, and not all of them were part of the black scale uh, coil. They weren't working with that. So we kind of have two factions within this dark elf thing. So we've got the the Marathi Kane faction, um, and uh, I suppose the 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 Grand Alliance of Order faction. Yeah, so, I think that's it. that's really interesting because, like, if you think about it, not all Ideneth are going to want to side with Marathi because, as I say, they're different enclaves and have different opinions. Uh, not every temple of the Daughters of the Cane agree with Marathi and still think she's an usurper and not really speaking for Cane. Yeah, uh, they, they, they worship Cain. She's not Cain, so they're not going to follow yeah. her. You've got then, and then the same goes for the Darkling Covens, the Black Ark Corsairs, etc., etc. Again, not all side with Marathi, and we get that in a short story that's on the Games Workshop website about 
uh, exactly that. There's a really yeah. cool alliance. It's a really cool. I actually really liked it. Like this, this corsair coming to the aid of a human, uh, like captain, and just this like, nah. You thought I was on their side. I bloody ate. I'm with you. <laughs> it's just like classic. So yeah. you, you, there's I, also like in the uh, the 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 big campaign that they're doing uh, for Soulbound. One of the first people you meet is is a dark elf corsair or scout yeah. too, isn't it? So um, it's it's nice to see that there is this dichot. There is there are, that they can choose their own routes now. It's not just you're a dark elf, so you're a bad person. Yeah, yeah. You're a dark elf, you're a bad person, but occasionally you help the good people, and you get your choice. And just you do. Yeah. So I think the take home right from all of this because there's a lot of information here. Right. We've got all these playable characters. We're going to get more playable characters that fit with all these factions. The take home is A, you can play a elves dicks. campaign of, first of all, yeah, elves are dicks. Um, that's A. B, you can play a game of Soulbound with this information and kind of do some forbearance of it, some, for, so, so, some foreshadowing, sorry, and, and look into this. Like, you know, maybe you have characters that also have heard about the Varanite and see the the shadow stalkers uh searching mm. for it to understand it so you've got that interplay you can look at that so you can really foreshadow what marathi is about to do in your campaign i think that would be really fun in the game of soulbound um you could journey to the depths of the seas and uh just before um the, the stealing of the uh of the lantern and then really you could just run through everything that's in cities of sigma uh, cities of flame Sorry, which yep. is based in Anvil Guard. You can then run through all the campaign stuff that's all, and all the pre-written stuff. You could run through Blood Tide and the other stuff that's going to come out as a precursor, and, and do all this and lay down the groundwork for the precursor of here's Marathi coming to fuck shit up, <laughs> and you know so you, you run through all of these campaigns and then suddenly you end up you finish you just finished all this work in, and and there's a back in anvil guard and then oh shit what's this fog and why are all the elves murdering people i thought we did everything the other thing is it's like you know you don't want to fall into the thing like you are going to be your characters are going to be witnesses to what will eventually happen which is the fall of anvil guard and the thing is don't think about trying to stop that that maybe is not what your soulbound characters should be doing think I, about they things really that they should be able to stop that no, have to kill Marathi K. You'd have to kill a god. Think about like things they rescue. Can they rescue um, people who've been captured? Can they secure something in the in the Stormkeep before it's taken over? Can they help uh, refugees from the city flee to Forest Brightspear or something like that? I think those looking look at how unfortunately how cities and 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 countries fall in our world and think about well what would the soulbound be sent in to try and help to prevent some tragedy like in kind of like campaign terms as well you can think about it as like doom the doom track has suddenly ramped up to 10 <laughs> god basically. yeah um so it's not you're not you're not playing in your kind of low doom kind of things are bad but no no this this the, things are really fucking bad now uh, your doom is at ten. You 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 basically just have to survive now. 
Um, and and also for games of Soulbound with the the the, force, the foreshadowing is that you can set your games in other realms and still yep. feel the kind of repercussions of this. Like you know maybe you're doing a game out that's set in the uh, the realm of the realm of metal, and you know you could talk about like how oh the you know you're fighting against the forces of chaos there constantly besieging the city and then be like. Why have all the forces of Slanesh just upped and fucked off to? Yeah. And now, why are we getting murdered from inside? Um, yes. Why? Why, uh, why, is this, why is this Darkling Coven suddenly doing things it wasn't doing before? And discovering there's like a, a, a you know a a, a a blood cauldron that's being used to feed all the way back to to uh, Hagnar and to feed. Uh, what um, you know, Marathi's transformation. I think there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with this yeah. information about the run up to it. I don't think we should suggest too much about beyond it and the transition no. because we there is going to be material, soon, won't we? Uh, we are going to get more Broken Realms books. So there's um, what a lot of people are saying is Broken Realms is going to be like Psychic Awakening for um, Warhammer 40k. So we're going to get we we know we're going to get a series of books. That are going to lead to something, um, and a lot of people are predicting it's going to lead to third edition Age of Sigmar. But what it's doing is it's giving us so much cool stuff, and we can do that, as you say, foreshadowing, play in the times that are leading up to the what what the key event is in the book. We don't know what's going to happen after it. Uh, you could make your own story up, but I think it's what Games Workshop has certainly caught on something here, and what they're producing. Story-wise, is absolutely phenomenal. It, it to me, I am a Soulbound player. I am an Age of Sigmar lover. Uh, hate me for that, if you will. They have certainly kicked, notched it up a level from Psychic Awakening. The stuff that we are getting here is so much better written, so much more engaging. Um, I find than than Psychic Awakening. Yeah, but that's me. That's me. That's my opinion. Um, okay. Uh... No, Let's wrap up then. Um, obviously, uh, other things that we've got that's out that you can also get is uh, Jakob uh, Bugmanson, the whatever, uh, is a character uh, for Warcry. There's a limited edition model. He will also be a character that appears in a upcoming Soulbound scenario that will be published by Cubicle 7 and also Career, which is Brewmaster, Brewmeister, something like that. Basically oh magical, God. magic ale that you spray out of a fire hose, essentially. Um, hilarious. Uh, but he's basically Santa. He's Santa now. He's, he's, he's Santa played, with beer. <laughs> he's, he's played by Kurt Russell. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, with that... Um, if you enjoy this, you know this is very much less about the game. We're really trying to get give you content which you could start using for the RPG and yeah. um, and yeah. how you could use it. Just again, it's more, lots it's of, kind of more about stories here for this one. How you how you yeah. can kind of link things in your campaign. There aren't that many. There's not enough kind of detail into the society of the Deepkin or the Daughters of Cain really for us to kind of do a deep delve into how you'd play them. Um, I think there's enough in the. Actual I think Soulbound's going to do that for us. Uh, yeah. a lot more um but anyway uh obviously if you enjoy this episode uh please you know tell us leave reviews um support us like things etc etc uh you can find us on facebook instagram at darker days radio twitter at darker days radio you can find us on the on our blog where there's pictures of miniatures and other things and painting guides uh you can uh get stuff on redbubble nice t-shirts with our logo it's nice 
Uh, I might figure out something with the dark hammer logo actually to get up on there at yeah. some point. Um, obviously, uh, if you like watching us play games, go watch on YouTube, go follow us on Twitch, go follow Gehenna Gaming where we run our games on there. Uh, if you enjoy the stuff we write, go buy things. So go buy Cities of Flame and the GM screen uh, for we Soulbound. We both have stuff in there. Go buy Hellrise to Halt, a wonderful, wonderful Halloween scenario uh, for Warhammer Fancy Roleplay, which has spent the last month and a half in the top 20 under $5. It's insane. Books. It's absolutely so insane. It's awesome. Um, go purchase Wrath and Glory because it's hardback and I wrote on that. Uh, go, if you like Chronicles of Darkness, you can go buy all of our stuff on the Storyteller Vault as well. Um, otherwise, I think that is it for this episode. Yep. And we'll be back with something maybe a little bit more 40k, I think, for the next one. Uh, most probably. We'll figure it out when we get there. Um, uh, but for now, thank you for listening. And uh, thank you, David, for again talking us through why elves are bastards. I much prefer elves in this in this in this game because they're more bastardy than the high elves. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're much more entertaining right. of elves. But yeah, anyway, been good talking again. So, yep, that is it. So uh, sayonara and goodbye.